Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books, not just one scripture of the Bible. And I will be sharing commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hello everyone, welcome to the final episode of Acts of the Holy Spirit, Why the Church Has No Power. Yes, this is the final episode, episode eight. All we have to do is cover chapters 27 and 28. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is an eight part series entitled Acts of the Holy Spirit, Why the Church Has No Power. The reason I entitled it Acts of the Holy Spirit is because when the apostles were setting up the church for the Lord Jesus Christ, they were acting in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guided each and everything they did to set up his church. So without further ado, I am reading from the ESV. It doesn't matter which version of the Bible you have. I promise you we will end up in the same place. This is Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 1. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustine cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramidium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from uh, Thessalonica. Verse 3, the next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. Verse 4, and putting out to sea, from there we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. They were actually in a winter storm on the sea. I know that was horrifying. I would have been terrified. Verse 5, and when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. Verse 6, there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. Now, it was 276 of them filled with this was a ship filled with prisoners. They were transporting the, the prisoners to Rome. Verse 7, we sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Nidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go further, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salome, or Salmon, I'm sorry, it's pronounced Salmon. Verse 8, coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. I'm sorry, I got distracted, you guys, I'm sorry. Uh, let me read that again. Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. Verse 9, since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the, the fast was already over, Paul advised them, verse 10, listen to what, what Paul tells them, and they didn't want to listen to him, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, 
not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Verse 11. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there. On the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Verse 11. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they waited anchor and sailed along Crete, close to the shore. Verse 14. But as soon as a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land, verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we, we gave way to it and were driven along. Verse 16, running under the lee of a small island called Carda, or Carda. Verse, uh, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. Verse 17, after hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run around on the, the Saristus, I'm sorry, of the Saristus, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Verse 18, since we were violent, violently storm tossed, they began the next day to, to jettison the cargo. The jettison the cargo simply means that they had to unload some of it and throw it over over uh, overboard to lighten the weight on the ship. Now, had they listened to Paul, they wouldn't have to go through any of it. Verse 19. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle aboard with their own hands. They were still unloading. <laughs> they were still taking some weight off of that ship, thinking that was going to help. Verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at, at um, last abandoned. They had given up hope of, uh, of being saved. Now, even though Paul said what he said about the loss of lives, that's not true. I'm not sure why Paul said that because Paul being a man of God, being on the ship, and God promised that he would make it to Rome because he had to, to speak and preach and share his, his testimony at Rome. They were going to be saved because of Paul. Okay. Now watch this. Watch this now. Verse 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Verse 22. Yet. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now, Paul is prophesying here, telling them that the ship is definitely going to be lost, but every last one of you are going to be saved. The reason they are going to be saved is because Paul is on the ship. Make no mistake about it. When a man of God is on that airplane, on that train, on that bus, or in that car, or, or a woman of God, you will be saved. Trust me, y'all will make it to that destination. Verse 23, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of, of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. Verse 24, and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with me. 
You know what that means? You're going to be saved because I'm on this ship. Praise God. Verse 25. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Verse 26. But we must run around and and on some island. I don't, that's just how they talk, y'all, because just listen to this. That was no stumble. But we must run around on some island. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse 27. When the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. Verse 28. So they took a sounding, and this is a, 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 a form of measuring, and found 20 fathoms meaning 20 feet they were in 20 feet of water a little further on the uh, on they took a sounding again they measured again the, the uh, depth of the water and found 15 fandoms so they realized they were getting closer to shore verse 29 and fearing that we might run on the rocks they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day and prayed for day to come Verse 30, and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea on the pretense of laying out anchors for the, uh, from the bow, verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. If you get out, because what they were trying to do was lower, you know, a smaller boat for them to get off and get into the boat. And Paul told them, if they do that, they will die because that's just what this means. So let's let's uh, let me read 31 again. Paul said to the to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Verse 32. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. They believe Paul because Paul was the one told them that they shouldn't set sail that day. OK, because he knew what was coming. Verse 33. As the day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you, the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Verse 34. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. For not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. Now, being encouraged by a man of God, I tell you, not a hair is going to perish from you. He's telling them to calm down. You're going to be okay. Verse 35. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Verse 36. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. Verse 37. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. So I did remember that number. <laughs> verse 38 and when they had eaten enough they lightened the ship throwing out the wheat into the sea but remember Paul did tell them that they were going to lose a lot of cargo Paul prophesied this before it happened and had they listened to him they would not have lost any of that cargo they were losing supplies and food um verse 39 now when it was day they did not recognize the land but they noticed a bay with a beach on which the planned, if possible, oh wait, hold on, let me read that again. On which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore, verse 40. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rooters. Then hoisting the, the foresail, 
to the wind, they made for the beach. Verse 41. But striking a reef, here go the shipwreck, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable. And the stern was being broken up by the surf. Verse 42. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. Now, the, the reason why they planned to kill the prisoners, because in that day, if prisoners escaped uh, from the, the watch of soldiers, the soldiers were killed. So they were just going to kill the soldiers. Unbelievable. That's a bit drastic. But verse 43. But the centurion who was guarding Paul, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land. Verse 44. And the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. Not one of them were injured or not one of them lost their lives. And Paul told them that because God had told him he was going to make it to Rome. And if you were on that ship with Paul, you were going to be saved too. So now we have reached the final chapter, folks. Chapter 28. After we, this is verse one. After we were brought safely through, we then learn that the island was called Malta. Verse two. The native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. Verse three. Now check this out. There's some revelation coming here. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Verse four, when the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Now the word justice here is a pagan God. A God who would punish prisoners. Okay. I'm telling you as it, as it is today. People worship anything. Now this uh, justice is a, a, a pagan God. And so in their minds. Because the prisoners were all chained up. That's how they knew they were prisoners. They figured Okay, they escaped the seat. Now justice is coming and Paul is getting ready to die. He surely is a murderer. Now they don't know anything about them prisoners, but they assume that uh, Paul was a murderer. Okay. Now, um, where am I? Verse uh, five. He, however, shook the, he is Paul, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Mm. Verse six, they were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God, a God with a little G. Now, here's the thing. They were talking amongst themselves, so they wasn't really telling Paul he was a God because, you know, Paul would have um, actually corrected them. Now, when the uh, Lystrians took Paul as a God. He now uh, the situation differs here as no attempt to worship him is related. Okay. Now throughout acts, miracles provide an opportunity for witness. Remember I told y'all there was some revelation coming here and likely Paul also witnessed to 
Maltese. Okay. Now let's pick up at uh, verse 7. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named uh, Publius. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> a Publius. That's his name. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait till we get to, to some names that I can pronounce. Who received us and entertained us hospitably. I mean, hospitably for three days. Verse eight. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. Now, dysentery is an uh, intestinal infection. Okay. Um, his father had a severe infection of his intestines. I mean, where he was bleeding and was actually knocking on death's door. But you got to remember the miracles follow witnessing uh, about Christ. And Paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him, healed him. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. Paul healed everybody that came to him. That's a part of the ministry. And you can't do it without being filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about this throughout this entire series. Verse 10. They also honored us greatly. And when we were about to sail, they put on board without, I mean, whatever we needed. Whatever they needed to sail to Rome, they gave to them. And God set that opportunity up. With that viper. That's the revelation. When they saw. When they saw. That Paul wasn't even injured. And it, it goes all the way back to the. To the book of Mark. The gospel of Mark. When Jesus said. I give you authority to trample on scorpions. And serpents. And nothing shall by any means harm you. That's what this is talking about. This is coming to pass right here. Okay. We have to stick with the word people. Oh, yeah. Stick with the word. Um, verse 11. After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a, a figurehead. Verse 12. Putting in at Syracuse by God, a word that I can pronounce Syracuse. We stayed there for three days. Verse 13. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Rigium. After and after one day, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Patilio. Patilii, okay. Verse 14 There we found brothers. Yes, I told you, everywhere Paul sailed, they had uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and were invited to stay, stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. Verse 15 And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the form of Apotius, and it doesn't have a T in it. Apotius, that's what it is, Apotius. And three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Verse 16, I mean, he saw familiar faces. Praise God. Verse 16, and when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Verse 17, after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, though I had done nothing against our people, 
or the customs of our fathers. Yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Verse 18, when they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty, meaning set me free, because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. Verse 19, but because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. Verse 20, for this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. Verse 21, and they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. Verse 22, but we desire here. I mean, we, but we desire to hear from you uh, what your views are. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. Let me read that again. Verse 22. But we desire to hear from you what your views are for with regard to this, this sect. Remember <laughs> someone breaking off from an established religion to, to uh, uh, establish and embrace another one. Um, for with regard to this sect, we know that everyone it, um, it is spoken against. Whew, my goodness, I am glad we are. This is the last chapter because I am getting tired reading this. Hang in there, saints. I, I, let me get another burst of energy. Hang in there. Verse 23. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, meaning he, he told them testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, uh, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Verse 24. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And you're going to always have non-believers. Okay. But they have to have an opportunity, as I told you guys throughout this entire series, to hear the gospel. Okay. You can brush the dust off of your feet if you share the gospel and they don't believe it, meaning that, you know, they can be rejected spiritually by God. Okay, verse 25. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul uh, had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. And this was prophesied that some would believe and some wouldn't. Listen to this. Verse 26. Go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. Verse 27, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their eyes, I'm sorry, and with their ears, they can barely hear and their eyes, they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And turn and I would heal them. Lord have mercy. Verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Verse 30. He lived there. Talking about Paul. He lived there two whole years at his own expense. Um, this means that Paul was was living in a rental house. OK, that he was paying for. And welcomed all who came to him. Verse 31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. 
that is the very last verse of chapter 28. But um, what I want to expound on is what the prophet Isaiah said. Uh, he prophesied this and he never met Paul now. Okay. Uh, now in chapters 26 and 27, what, no, let's, let's do, uh, 28 Paul's pattern of turning from the Jews to witness to the Gentiles repeated itself in Rome. He never strayed away from the mission, never, which is to preach the gospel, trying to lead people to salvation. But there is no reason to think that that he gave up on the Jews in Rome at this point. It's not. Now, for Paul's provision of his own quarters, his sharing the gospel with all who came to him would have included both Jews and Gentiles. Now, this situation continued for two whole years, at which time Luke's account ends. Yeah, um, Luke doesn't write the book of, uh, to the Romans. Now, information as to what happened beyond that time comes from an, an extra biblical sources and from hints in the last few of Paul's letters. You know, first Clement 5, 7, written in A.D. 95, perhaps the earliest known um, Orthodox Christian writing after the New Testament, speaks of Paul preaching in the limits of the West. Okay, which probably indicates his fulfilling his desire to preach in Spain, which is in Romans 15, 24. That would point to his release from the first Roman imprisonment. Now, the church historian is Eurysbius, now, which is spelled E-U-E, I mean, E-U-S-E-B-I-U-S, -E -E written in A.D. 325, cites the tradition that Paul was freed from confinement and carried on a further ministry until he was arrested and placed in, in a second Roman imprisonment, at which time he was martyred, unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, saints, we have um, reached the very end. We are going to go into my commentary uh, in a few, but you have to remember, or just in case you don't know, Paul wrote, uh, the majority of the old Testament. I mean the new Testament. I'm sorry. I told you guys I was hired. He wrote the majority of the new Testament. And next week I will start a two part episode or either it can be done in one. We are going to tour the entire book um, which is the letter Paul wrote to the Galatians, uh, a Galatia in Galatia. He wrote a letter to the Galatians, uh, because that was a church that he had set up and put a pastor there, a shepherd. Shepherds are supposed to be leaders in the church, but supposed to walk according to Christ and supposed to lead us. Okay. According to the word of God, not their own traditions, not their own opinions. They are supposed to lead um, just like the apostles did. So um, here, here's my commentary. So what did we learn from touring the book of Acts, the beginning of the church age? The apostles were told by Jesus before he ascended on high 
not to depart from Jerusalem until they were endowed with power after they were filled with the Holy Spirit from on high, which was promised to us by God. And this promise was not only for the apostles. Peter said it is for your children and those who are afar off. We are afar off and as many as the Lord our God will call. Is God still calling people today? Absolutely. God said in the book of Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The Holy Spirit is available for all of us and to all of us today. And because so many churches who have decided to leave the promises of God out of the church and lead unlearned disciples after their denominational teachings, most churches today has no power. And two, the 11 apostles led by Peter, who consulted with Jesus and received his approval to cast lots between two disciples, one of which would replace Judas Iscariot. The Holy Spirit agreed that Judas's replacement must be, not should be, must be a person who walked with Jesus and witnessed the resurrection. The lot landed on Matthias. Three, hmm. On the day of Pentecost, 120 Jews, which included the apostles, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other Jews were present when there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind and filled everyone in the upper room with the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke with other tongues, including Mary. We learn throughout Acts, speaking with tongues is the evidence that an individual is filled with the Holy Spirit. Four, we also learn that the church took care of one another. When a collection was taken up, it was for the believers who were in need. None suffered lack. All who were in the body of Christ sold their excessive property and gave the money to the apostles to be given to the poor Christians. Christians were fed, they had clothing, and they had a roof over their heads, all of them because they took care of one another. The apostles never mentioned tithing. Hmm, I slipped that one in on you. Do you know why? Because tithing is not a part of the church of Jesus Christ. There's a huge reason why this is. Now, I will share the reason when I teach the episode entitled, Hmm, what is tithe and who receives it today? You will be shocked. The con is real, saints. The only thing I ask you to do when you hear the truth is not burn down your church. <laughs> and five, we the Gentiles were told by the apostles when they were contending with the Jews about the laws of Moses and salvation that we need to abstain from four things. One, things offered to idols. Two, things strangled. Three, blood. And four, sexual immorality. This command was also approved by Jesus, not for salvation, but so that we can do well. And for the most part, I didn't share this when we talked about it in the book of Acts. But the reason why the apostles asked 
the Gentiles to refrain from these things is because they were going to be commingling with Jewish Christians who were still trying to hold on to the law. So to keep the peace, we were asked to abstain from these and we are still asked to, uh, to abstain from sexual immorality, blood, things strangled and things offered to idols. Okay. And six, we learned that the evangelists and the apostles went about healing all whom they encountered, including raising the dead and, and casting out demons all in the name of Jesus. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the reasons the church is unable to lay hands on the sick and heal them because they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Seven, most importantly, the saints preach the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus and salvation through his resurrection. They did not let up. They didn't bow down or change the message. Saved by grace through faith in Jesus and in him alone. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That name is Jesus. Eight. We learned that Stephen the evangelist was one of the seven deacons appointed to the ministry to serve the poor. And, and Stephen was also the first martyr for Jesus. Stephen died preaching the gospel. Saul watched over the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. Okay. Nine. We learned that Saul, a Roman soldier used to persecute the church of the Lord Jesus. And while he was on the road to Damascus to arrest Christians, he encountered Jesus directly from heaven. Jesus personally chose Saul to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Us, anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile or Greek. Paul was also appointed to preach the gospel to the Jews as well. But in terms of his sole mission, he was appointed to preach the gospel to us, the Gentiles. 10. We also learned that Paul suffered a great deal after his conversion to Christianity. He was beaten. He was arrested for no reason. He was shipwrecked among false brethren. But one thing that was clear, God delivered Paul out of all of his afflictions. Mm. 11. We learned that Mary is not in any way, shape or form a part of worship. The apostles never talked about Mary. The only time we heard her name is when Luke mentioned in chapter one or two of Acts that she was in the upper room with the apostles on the day of Pentecost. That's it. So I know it makes sense uh, to tour the book of Romans next. I'm sure some of you want to know what happened to Paul in Rome. We will get there eventually. For now, our next tour of the Bible will be a one or two episode series entitled Paul's Letter to the Galatians, Law versus Grace. We are going to read the entire book of Galatians, all six chapters, line upon line, precept upon precept, and rightly divide these scriptures. That's how false teachers are able to con so many people. They are not reading the entire Bible. Preachers are reading one verse, then from that one verse, lead you somewhere outside of the will of God. And as a result, people are leaving the church feeling the exact same way when they when they entered the building. So this is one of the reasons why we are touring the entire book. 
Now that's how the body of Christ was hoodwinked over the years about the tide. Okay. Now, once I reveal the truth to you based solely on scripture, I'm going to say this again. My prayer is that you don't go burn the church down. Okay. Because you are going to be shocked when I teach you what the tide is. We know it's a 10th of, but a 10th of what? Hmm. I know you are interested now. A 10th of what? And where should the tide go today? Hmm. Hang on to your, your hats, saints. It is going to be a ride. Now, for anyone under the sound of my voice who needs salvation, meaning saved from the wrath coming set at an appointed time by God Almighty, I want you to say this simple prayer with me. Because tomorrow is not promised to you. If death catches up with you before you catch up with Jesus, you are going straight to hell. Make no mistake about it. The good news is you don't have to. So say this simple prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I need your salvation. In your word, it says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if I sincerely believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Father, I confess that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. He died on that cross for my sins. I also believe that he rose on the third day, confirming my salvation. Father God, I believe that wholeheartedly. And with that said, I know I am saved. Praise God, saints. Praise God. Now, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to say this prayer with me. Father God, you told the Jews, your disciples and apostles, not to leave Jerusalem before they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. I want that same Holy Spirit. You said it is for children, your children back then, children today, and as many as the Lord our God will call. He called me today, Father God. I wholeheartedly believe in you and I want to receive the Holy Spirit in your name. If you said that simple prayer, my friends, you should be filled with the Holy Spirit shortly. Praise God. Send me an email and you will hear that in my closing argument. My contact information will be shared with you at the very end of this episode. Your next steps should be. Find a faith-based non-denominational teaching church and request to be baptized in water for the remission of sins. Being baptized in water doesn't save you. You were saved when you confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior and that you believed that he rose from the dead. You were born again at that moment. You should follow Jesus in water baptism so that you can mimic his death, burial, and resurrection. So stand by for a message about how you can contact me and how you can support this ministry by sowing a seed into good ground. So don't forget to tune in next week. Peace out. I pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to Talking Bible Truth 
www.cd.gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.